Unplanned Trek. Yes, welcome to Unplanned Trek. My name is Isaac. Let's get into the show. Right, today we are going into strange new worlds for the first time with um, the, the episode Spock Amok, I want to call it, but I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But I am joined today by Andrew Hogan, who is the master of pronunciation. It is indeed Spock Amok, <laughs> yes. and my basis for that is entirely because it rhymes. Yes, well, thank, you, thank you. If it rhymes, it's good, is what I've been told. Well, if it doesn't rhyme, it'd be Spock Amok. Spock and Mike would have an E on the end, like a smoke. Oh, smoke spoke. Spoke. Spoke and Mike. Spoke and Mike. Can we, do you reckon we can get through this episode calling him Spoke? Spokey Dokey? <laughs> I had Spokey Dokies on my bike when I was a kid. Um, the little clicky things that made your wheels click around. Oh, I thought that's something you'd have behind the shed at school. I had them too. I'm, 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 I'm a lot older than you, mate. Um, yes, okay. Well, that, uh, with, that, with that excellent start, yes. um, can, you, can you give us an idea of what Spoke and Moke was actually about? Okay, Spoke and Moke was about, well, first of all, Spoke and his wife or fiance to, to ping or to pring. To pring. Now, to pring, it is a little bit ambiguous as mm. to their status. Yes, it, and I don't know if that clears up during the episode, to be honest, but um, basically she's come on board and said, make me a priority and um, and I'll make you one. You spend too much time at work. Yeah. You do too much overtime with but your best friend, Pikey. He, but she makes a good, it's a good argument. They haven't seen each other since, look, he's been pond far, far away. <laughs> In a galaxy <laughs> pond far, far away. <laughs> and um, they haven't seen each other since basically Pike said it's time to come back to work. Well, he like literally dropped everything at, shall we say, a fairly intimate moment. He was down. He, he was at least shirtless, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've had more. We've had more Spock nipples in Strange New Worlds than in any other Star Trek ever before. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, I'm really ashamed well, that I just now put that out there. But anyway, look, if we were doing this in chronological order of canon, we could now keep a, a Spock nipple counter. But I don't think we'll get a chance to do that with this randomness that we're doing. This is actually our first time doing a Strange New Worlds episode on this podcast. So, yeah, as I said, what happened? Um, Spock and his girlfriend, fiance, wife, they had a bit of time together in this episode trying to work out if they were compatible. This involved them actually switching bodies for a while. Could I actually jump in there and just say that the, that the whole compatibility thing seems a bit moot when one is uh, betrothed uh, at pretty much at birth? Mm. Like, like, you know what? If they're not compatible, bad luck. It's already been decided. There is an arranged marriage thing, isn't there, in, in the Vulcan world? But mm. anyway, they're, they're still working themselves out. Meanwhile, the rest of the crew are having a bit of shore leave while we're getting um, refitting after the Gorn incident of the episode before. And um, number one is trying to work out why everyone thinks she is mean and grumpy. And you know what? And I sit there going, it's because you're mean and grumpy all the time. That would seem obvious. Yeah. To be honest, in the first four episodes I watched, there wasn't much of me thinking, oh, she's a bit bit too firm for a leader. I thought she's actually just doing the role. But... Oh, she is. And, and in fact, she's um, uh, Rebecca Romain n- nails it in those episodes of of um, disco that she was in. Mm, um, mm. There's a terrific line when they're trying to to defend Discovery going into the future mm-hmm. and she radios across about how how wide a gap am I going to have to leave and mm-hmm. and Detmer says something to the effect of she gives her a whole lot of measurements mm-hmm. and she goes, in English, please, I can't <laughs> blow a hole through what you're telling me. 
And it's just great because, yeah, she's no nonsense. And it's good that Detmer got a line in an episode too. Oh, okay. All right. Settle down there. Um, essentially, that's that's the plot of the episode anyway. Um, it's, a, it's a really good episode. I would at least give it an eight and a half, I think. Um, I, look, I watched it with my son who'd never really seen a light tone Star Trek mm-hmm. episode. His introduction to Star Trek has been, well, apart from me watching old episodes of the Next Gen era, has mm. been Picard and Disco and, you know. So he's like used that. to season-long arcs. Arc, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and having a, a one, like this episode won't matter in the, in the sense of, you could watch it out of order. Which, of course, is yeah. quite quite amusing for him because what's the Star Trek he's watched the most uh, more than once and that's mm. actually Lower Decks. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, yeah, So he course. understands yeah. that, that, that there is, you know, that humour, mm. d- that deliberate humour exists. Yes. Um, yeah, cool. All right, well, let's get is into it. Is it Christmas? Or is it better than... Shattered mirror. You know what? I'm going to answer yes. It is better than Chrysalis, and it is better than Shattered Mirror. Um, okay, so it's better than Chrysalis because nobody sang Do Re Mi. Nobody sang. So nobody sang full stop. Yeah. But, but no, I would allow sing. I would allow sing. But if someone sings Do Re Mi, then there's a bottle going through the TV. Well, we had an episode recently in this where both the Doctor and Neelix sang. Yes. And still that was better than Chrysalis. It was um, Robert Picardo must have had the same thing in his contract as Brent Spiner, where at some point every season I get to sing. It was a bit the same as Jonathan Trakes gets to play trombone badly. (laughs) They all had that weird little things in their contract where, you know, if their previous history and entertainment involved a bit of singing, Mm. they just magically got to sing. Oddly, that Picard tin whistle episode. He doesn't play the tin whistle again, does he? Like No, I don't, don't think he played it before. And that's the best music in Trek. Yeah, actually, it's really yeah. good and it pops yeah. up and it pops up in Picard. Good, it should. Which is really good. Yeah. Anyway, but I digress, as usual. But I'm calling this a better episode than Shattered Mirror. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think I gave Shattered Mirror an eight and a half out of, out of ten as well. I, I did that with this one, but to be honest... It probably I'm probably being harsh on it. It's got Enterprise Bingo in it. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's got Spock body swapping. It's got um, Pike telling the truth about how crap the the, um, the Federation, Federation is Don't... and why you shouldn't join it. Mm. Um, for any any planet that isn't Earth, he makes a very valid and good point. Yeah, he um, convinced me. I'm yeah, the, I'm, I'm not joining. I'm, I'm not joining either. Yeah, no. um, yeah, I'm going to go to Vulcan probably. Yeah. They never really wanted to join either. They were pretty ambivalent about the whole thing, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> Yeah, that's only logical to be. But yeah, so um, look, guys, new musical sting coming next week. Because yes, this show is better than Shattered Mirror. The Riker Medal. Always on the lookout to give out Riker Medal points. And... Thankfully, this week we get a chance to. We've already talked about spokes nipples. Mm. It wasn't. Hard. I was going to say it wasn't hard this week, but the the nipples were. <laughs> well, he gets half a point for each nipple, yeah. and Tapping gets or Tapring gets a point too because um, they were very affectionate. They woke up in. Oh well, the camera even panned away. It did. We weren't allowed to watch. I can't wait to watch this in four K high def. 
the, the panning away. I'll just everything. <laughs> mm. So they get they get points. Um, Chapel and Diva, which isn't Denver. No. Um, they get points too. Um, love poetry that isn't Klingon love poetry will get your points apparently, but. It seemed that he was a bit needy for what Chapel wanted, which was something a bit more casual. What have you got there? Oh, I just, just was checking out who plays Lieutenant Diva. It's uh, Graham. Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah. Oh, so he's um, better than Harry Kim. Graham. <laughs> Everyone's better. I'm, I'm better than Harry Kim. I mean, I'd be, if, 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 look, if I walked onto the bridge of Voyage in January, I would be like a commander. <laughs> I went, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah that, true. That'll do it, yeah. yeah. What about the bloke over there who saved the ship about 17 times? No. No, 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 <laughs> That's no, just no, 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 Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and Paris would be laughing his head off. Mm. Um, uh, look, um, at a joke he made. Oh, well, that's all. He's a big he Tom Paris fan. Tom laughed Paris. at his own <laughs> jokes in that, the case. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but we digress. Um, mm. there, was, there, there was a lot of love in that episode. Mm. I um, was saying earlier, and I didn't record it, but I also thought that there was potential for Chapel and Ortegas to have a relationship or oh. at least something happening there too. Oh, Did I did you get see. the same yeah. vibe? Yeah, yeah, that was clear. We're not giving points for that yet. For... You know, for being attracted to, doesn't get your Riker medal points because you know what, Riker's attracted to everyone, and he doesn't get, he doesn't get a thousand points each episode for the whole entire crew, including whales of the Enterprise D. Um, it has to be a bit more overt than just a. Ooh, there might be a bit of interest there. So they're not getting points this week. He although does, Chapel did get points for Diva. He does spend a bit of time down at Cetacean Research. It's a bit bit concerning. <laughs> Off camera, of course. Pan away. Look, we've only got forty four minutes per episode. Yeah, there's, there's something that's going to go on the cutting room floor. And it and it was the nineties too. <laughs> yes. Um. So so who are you, who are you going to give it to? Uh, so we've got Spoke. Hmm. We've got Tapring. Yeah, I think of something shattering on the ground for her name. Like yeah. it, it go. Um, we've got Chapel and we've got Diva. Yeah, yeah. Okay, happy with that? Oh, absolutely. The Captain Jean Luc Picard Medal. Positive votes awarded each week. Well, no, there's six votes in total, but three characters mm. uh, um, are able to get votes for their positive contribution to the episode. And given that we now say that this is better than Shattered Mirror, there is a lot of positivity out there. And I've um, assigned Andrew the task of giving out these votes this week. I'll just finish my cup of tea there. Um, yes, and look, I, I couldn't somehow find a way of shoehorning Miles O'Brien into this episode. Because he's votes. not there. Yeah, that was the reason. Or, or not born yet. Both of those yeah, things, yeah. yeah. Not being born yet doesn't preclude Miles from getting votes. I just want to say that. He transcends time and space. He's not Crusher. <laughs> He's not Leslie. No, well, he can be now. But Okay. But, oh, but again, uh, to be more serious, <laughs> one vote to Transporter Chief Kyle. Oh, now, what did, I, I well, didn't note him down at all. What did he do? He got a little bit more interaction with the crew. Oh, yeah, he did. And did he kind of imply that there is no... Number one conspiracy that oh I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, he got yeah. a little. Well, he he actually had dialogue that contributed to the plot such that it was, hmm. and I hadn't really seen that. The other thing is I find him fascinating. I think he's a really. I think he's probably going to pop up. I reckon we're going to get a Kyle episode. That's he, what I'm thinking. He did trans like transport eyes onto Spoke in a previous episode, didn't he? So he could get through something. Like That's, he's like this hasn't been done before. Yes. And, yeah. All right, I'll do it. Yep. I think there was the same transporter chief. Oh, oh yes, no, he is. He, he, yeah. he is. He is tra- and he is actually a 
Transporter Chief. Um, his, his rank is Chief, according to IMDb. Well, I'm glad they're holding canon that Transporter is below Ensign. Yes. So what, what was his full name again? Uh, it's, it's just Kyle. That's Kyle. all we've got so yeah. far. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that if we jumped onto Memory Alpha, we could find out his parentage and everything else like that. But really, who cares? Well, they listen to this, so they'll, they'll let us know. Yeah, oh, yeah. they will. Absolutely, yeah. they will. So, um, two votes mm-hmm. to Pring. Because I absolutely love any time Gia Sandu is in the show. I love it because she has nailed the character. But also, it's just... Star Trek is fantastic when people sass at Spock. Mm. You know. My question with giving her votes, though, is are you giving it to Spock into Pring? Oh. Or are you giving it to Pring as to Pring? No, I'm giving it to her. Yep, Absolutely, because... And this is obviously to... um, kudos to the talents of Ethan Peck, mm. but I totally believed that she was in his body. Right. So he was very good at doing that. This is including to bring acting as Spock. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so I thought, and, and you know, I mean, there, I, I almost, it was almost gave it to Spock for his, um, for Pike's get out of town. We are not in a town. That was mm. just fantastic <laughs> and so good because there's a wonderful thing I've read online just recently that every time Spock pretends to not understand human idioms, he's taking the piss. Ah. Like he does even understand. right back to the to the original series mm. to Leonard Nimoy. Because mm. this person wrote, and it's totally true. He's half human. Mm-hmm. He went to Starfleet. Mm. He has a human sister. He has a human mother. The idea that he could possibly not understand human humour, he might not find it funny, but he could not understand it is incomprehensible. He, he, he clearly would understand he's it. He's just ignoring it. He just, every time every time Kirk says something in the original mm. series and he raises that eyebrow like, mm. I don't understand the mm. origin of that idiom, that sort of thing, mm. he's taken it. He's just, that's what he's doing. Well, when I watch him in McCoy particularly, yeah. I, I get that feeling that... He's stirring him. Absolutely. Big time. Yeah, I know you hate me talking like this, so I'm going to continue to talk like this. Yep, exactly yeah, exactly right. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad somebody crystallised that in my mind. So mm. two two votes, I want to see more of her. Mm-hmm. I, I just think she really um, throws... It's, it's a cat among the pigeons type thing. But we, it's destined not to last, isn't it? Because mm. Spock's not married in original series, right? No, and I'm... It, the whole the whole Ponfar episode where him and mm. Kirk have to fight when they fought with those same yes, weapons. They had them this week too. Those that was great to see. Wasn't ridiculous! It? It's got an axe on one end and a big ball on the other. It's like it's it's dumber than a batleth. It really is. Mm. Like a batleth is the classic weapon that is just as likely to injure you as your opponent. Yeah, like no one would design a giant knife like a batleth. Would they? Saying that, a lot of the things I use in the kitchen do look kind of batlethy and probably yeah, dangerous. Maybe it's a maybe it would be better for flipping pancakes. It's a bit like you ever seen that movie Krull? No. With the glaive, it's a five bladed throwing knife. Where mm-hmm. if two not if that means if five blades in a star shape, if two blades are pointing at your opponent, three are pointing at you. Mm. Really, really dumb way of designing a knife. But anyway, you'd think if the two first two points were going to miss, the next three would miss too. Probably <laughs> yeah. if you're that bad at throwing. <laughs> um, so anyway, we did a Nerdzilla commentary track on on the movie Krull. Excellent. Um, the commentary track is infinitely better than the movie. Good, absolutely. So I think um, I think um, the my three votes has it was. 100% absolutely totally clear from the very first moment that you saw Dr. Mabenga and his fly fishing hat. The hat. <laughs> See, I, I would have given that to, um, but I was curious if you'd give it to the doctor or the hat himself. <laughs> I know I have given inanimate objects and facial hair votes mm. before, but I just, I love the fact that Mabenga, like, started off 
with hang on, I need, I need my hat. Goes back and gets his mm. hat. And anybody who's 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 a fly fisherman would go, that's a fly fishing hat. Mm. It didn't look particularly funny to people who aren't. He mm. looked like an idiot. Mm. And it was only that little moment on the transporter pad where he goes, "All right, I'll take it off then." <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like a, he finally it filters through to him that actually you look like a bit of a knob <laughs> in the context <laughs> of all what everybody else is doing. Yeah, but he stuck with it. Yeah, he did. He did. He and you know what? I would have given him the three votes too. Mm. Um, absolutely perfect reason. Like it's not for his doctor skills. It's not for his fishing. The, the hat chooseth the man. Oh, it does. Mm. It does, absolutely. Yeah. You talk about your sorting hats. Yeah. I mean, you know what house he's in? He's in fly fishing house. <laughs> fly fishing house is still better than Hufflepuff. Everything's better than... Yeah. I don't even know what HR Puff and stuff yeah. or something. I've no idea. I've not <laughs> never seen Harry Potter. Now, the reason I do this as a podcast rather than a YouTube kind of thing is so people can't see us wearing our matching fly fishing hats. Ah, well, I, I know I wasn't going to mention it. I thought it was <laughs> a, bit contract. Em- it's a bit embarrassing. We both turned up at the same place with the same hat on, but occasionally these things happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's have a look at what happens in the negative side of this episode. The Keiko O'Brien Medal. As I mentioned earlier, I'm going to have to record a new musical sting because of this episode. That's great, but not everyone's great in this episode. So there's room still to give out negative points, and that's what we do here on the Keiko O'Brien Award. So, minus one vote, Sam Kirk. (laughs) Because he wasn't there. Exactly. There's been such a big build-up in this whole, whole series of... Sam Kirk, it, you know, it, it's. The, I think he even tweeted, Sam Kirk might not be the character you want, but he's the character you need. He's never no, there. No. What I he... thought he was going to die in every episode like Kenny. That doesn't happen. He's just Actually, not there. Die, I've been sitting for weeks. Die and come back would, be, would have been fantastic. Actually yeah. die and then just be there next episode yeah. without acknowledging how. Yeah, because yeah exactly. Remember, just it's episodic. It's yeah. Episodic. But Sam Kirk on shore leave, would he go fly fishing? Probably. Would he play Enterprise Bingo? Yeah, he probably would. What, where is he? He's probably also, though, I think that if I was writing a Sam Kirk, I would also be writing the massive inferiority complex to my brother. But we don't even know that James Kirk's going to be any good yet. He, he might just be a brat at this stage. Like no, he, I'm, I'm assuming he's a brat. I'm yeah. just assuming that he made his brother's life a misery because he made everyone else's mm. bloody life a misery. Yeah, so he's using the shore leaf to stay in his room and cry. Mm, can, you imagine, can you imagine, like, James T. Kirk as a teenager? How annoying. Like, well, can like the other thing is, I don't know if Sam canonized his younger or older brother, but either way, it would be bad to have James Kirk with you. Like, because you know, he thinks he's always right, mm, and he is always right. Mm, that's terrible. That is terrible, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's just like you'd you want it. Yeah, you can't go, well, remember that time when I was four and I was right? No, no, you I don't, won't, Sam. Yeah, and that's why you get minus one, Sam. Yeah, okay. yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. Fine, okay. fine by me. Two votes. Um, number one, and what's her actual name in, in this? Um, Una. Una, yeah. So she spent this episode being, um, I'd say, almost distressed at her reputation on board as being too stern, authoritative, um, maybe even unapproachable. Hard ass. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was doing the PG. Okay. That's all right, though. That's, you, what, you, that's what I'm here wrong. for. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought to myself, don't worry about this. This is why you're the leader on board. You're, you're number one, and it's because of who you are. Well, it's, it's interesting that, that, that um, Trek has done many episodes about the loneliness of command. Mm. I mean, let, mm. uh, try seven seasons of Next Gen. 
Like, like, <laughs> it's like, in the last episode. It's in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I just love the whole captain. You could have come and played poker with us. We're not yeah. that. We're not that like mean and sad. He's like, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But um, you're right. It's one of those they do it. And then every so often the writers will do an episode where the, the command character realises suddenly that they're friendless and unapproachable. Mm. Mm. And, of course, the whole structure of Starfleet makes them that way. Yes. But she isn't alone as well. That It's being developed in this series that Lan and her have a, a relationship that goes with prior yeah, to they've this. Been, yeah, that's right. It's clear that she's close with Pike. Mm. Like... She's not alone on board. She doesn't need to change. And the fact that this really frustrated her and was kind of her arc of the episode, I, I don't buy it. I don't think she needs to change. And is, is it because she was married to Uncle Jesse? I don't know that reference. Who's Uncle oh, sorry, Rebecca Roman was married to John Stamos in real life. Oh, was Uncle Jesse right. from Full House. Well, yeah. that doesn't contribute to the votes. She's, of course, traded up now because she's married to Jerry O'Connell from okay. Lower Decks. Right. Does he look like his character in Lower Deck? No, he oh, doesn't. No. no. But, oh, look, I digressed again. That's <laughs> just call me Captain Digression. Um, but you're right. You were commander earlier. Where did you get upgraded I've been, to captain? I've been promoted. Oh, wow. It was a better digression because it was an on-topic digression back to another Star Trek series, you see. <laughs> so I, I just decided to promote myself. Right. This is going to be a difficult episode to name. <laughs> Rather it is, isn't yeah. it? Yes. Three uh, votes. Do you know where I'm going here? Ooh, no, I'm not sure, actually. You know what? It was cl- Pike was close to getting votes for for, for not negotiating well. Whereas I thought it was genius. <laughs> yeah, it worked. So that's kind of a, what what got him off. And nearly the admiral got votes here too because I did. April, yeah, nearly. I did like the look on his face when mm. Pike was laying out why you wouldn't want to join the federation. It was a great look. Yeah, it, was it was like, ah, oh, this is not going the way I expected. Yeah. <laughs> but the character. That deserves negative three votes this week is Lieutenant Diva. Poor, poor Deves. Yep. Yeah. So he he was too needy for what Chapel needs. Well, he was needy. So he, she's basically said, "I, I want it super casual. Ooh. I don't have to. I don't want to worry about it, and I don't want to invest any time or any part of myself into a relationship. <laughs> if if you can meet those conditions, I'm on board. And right? it, like, and he's sending love poetry." When the girl from Australia's Next Top Model mm-hmm. sits down at a table with you and says those things, yeah. surely you're on board. Yeah, that's like, right. what a goose. And he's got to lieutenant, so he knows how to play the game and knows how to fit within the parameters of what's presented to you. Mm. If, 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 if he can do that in the work sense, he can do it in a relationship sense. So Maybe maybe someone can tell. Did, did Jess Bush win Australia's Next Top Model the season she was in, or did she not? I think she listens too, so she'll let us know. We'll because next week's episode. Like, I could literally hit her... Thing on IMDb, but yeah. I don't want my IMDb history to involve Australia's Next Top Model. <laughs> I just, I just don't want to you, go there because you refreshed it. Well, I may refresh her photo <laughs> quite often, but my point being, I'm not going to go. I just don't want that to pop up at yeah. some stage. And then I'll sit there thinking, what was I looking and, at? And you know, your Google and your Facebook will all know that you're now a fan of Australia's Next, Next Top Model. Model. Exactly yeah. right. But but you're right. He 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 he's a goose. Yeah, he, he's very deserving of three votes and probably would have got more if we had them to give. I've got an honorary mention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, the writers. Right. For not using Hammer. Oh, I, I, I missed. I, I know that we didn't have Kirk, but what would he do on shore leave? Whatever he wants, clearly. Exactly. The bloke, he is awesome. The, the bloke, like, can, like, he, he like can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he can't see. Yeah. That's He's like brilliant. Fantastic. He's actually probably, like if I was making my... Own crew? Oh, no, I'd have Jet Reno in as engineer. Oh, yeah, of course you would. Yeah, but he'd be close. He'd be in consideration you as would... my 
engineer on board. Every starship needs a jet Reno yeah. to bring you back to Earth yeah. very quickly. Stamets needs Reno, that's for Oh, sure. he does. It, yeah. And then that's why she's so perfect. Mm. I love the fact that, that the, um, the creators, the showrunners in Discovery are just simply willing um, to use her whenever she's available. That's Just right. The, in fact, a lot of her scenes, um, a lot of Tignataro's scenes are shot in, in California where she lives. Right. And then they CG said. them yeah. into the Toronto yeah, sets good. because she doesn't like travelling much. Yeah. Um, because she, and she is, she's a genius. You do whatever she wants. But yeah. him is up there. He's, he's the same. Yeah. He's yeah. Just got, and the other thing is I would have loved to have seen, like it's very easy for him to come across as the gruff and serious mm-hmm. and grumpy. And I reckon there's a bit of a funny side to him. He would go fly fishing if you asked him. Imagine he'd beat you at fly fishing yeah, and he can't yeah. see. Oh, yeah, sure. He'd be, be demoralising. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah demoralizing. but he would have a great time. <laughs> imagine imagine you're, trying to, you're trying to thread the little thing to tie your fly and you haven't, you mm. haven't bought your reading glasses because mm-hmm. you're old and you can't see and you give it to him and he just goes to you, bang, 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 and you're like, mm. oh, great, I feel really good now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I look, I love him as a character and I don't think there should be, there should be minimum one line here. Best line of the episode. I have two lines of contenders here, so I'm going to let Andrew pick which of the two is better. Ooh, okay. So the first one is Spock, who said this is getting dangerously close to hijinks. Oh, I loved it. I I love that too. Well, there was more than one hijinks line in the show. Yeah. And um, Lan said something along the lines of, um, the people are wrong, you're awesome, about number one not being fun. It was the meme. Yeah. It was the Simpsons meme. That's right. Maybe the children are wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yes, it's, <laughs> it was the principal it's Skinner. Skinner. Skinner's line, yeah. yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, I think I've got to go with hijinks. Yes, hijinks and, wins. And the reason for that is that I found myself in, and you obviously, as you have kids as well, you find yourself in conversations that you never thought you'd have. Indeed. Last night, I found myself trying to explain to a teenager the definition of hijinks. Oh, right. How, how did you broach that? He just paused it and went, Dad, what's hijinks? Right. Um, shenanigans? Hmm. Went, what's shenanigans? Hijinks. Hijinks. Yeah, I just sort of went around in circles a bit. Um, yeah. A bit sort of silliness, yeah. jokiness. Um, it, it was actually, it's very hard to define. Well, if, if Spock can recognise it, you're right. He can recognise what a human joke is. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But, but also, look, I think I'll give it to hijinks because I thought that was, that was quite good. Excellent. Um, one of the other things, so there's, a little, there's a little Easter egg. Is there? In the episode. Um, there's a couple of things. Firstly, Enterprise Bingo. Yes. It's not bingo. It's Treasure Hunt. Right. No, it's not a bingo card, is it? Yeah. It was a list. Yeah, it's, wasn't it's, it? it's, it's the Treasure Hunt. Yeah. You know, at, at, at university, you know, the Treasure Hunt was always, you know, the university clubs would all, you'd get 100 mm. points for this. And I went to Melbourne University, and if you could steal the sign from Flinders Street and Swanson Street intersection, you got like 1,000 points for that. And where are they redeemable? Uh, well, if you won the Treasure Hunt, you won quite big prizes. Oh, right. Yeah. Do you know once at... Um, at Utahs, I, I, I was actually worth points oh. in the treasure hunt. Yes, yes. A friend of mine rang me up. I was working. It was quite bizarre. She rang me up and said, can you come down to the uni bar after work? And I went, are you buying me drinks for yeah. free? She went, yes. I went, okay, I'll go. Yeah. Turned out that there was 100 points if you could get a sports journalist yeah. to turn up at the uni bar and sing an AFL football club theme song. And I was at the time working for Radio Sport right. <laughs> covering Tasmanian football. Fantastic. Now, I, let's just say... Did, did you sing? I did, yes. Did you sing Do Re Me from Chrysalis? Oh, sadly not. No. <laughs> I, I, I actually didn't. I, I sang the Hawthorne football right. club theme song because it's the dumbest one there is. 
Right. And look, for people who don't follow AFL in Australia, you, you won't understand this, but, but Hawthorne's theme song starts with, we're a happy team at Hawthorne, we're the mighty fighting Hawks. Now, do you know what? Who cares if they're happy? All yeah, I care yeah. is would they win each week. Who cares if they're happy? I don't back for Hawthorne, but fancy telling your fans, ah, oh, look, we, we might be crap, but geez, geez, we're happy. Though. I've always thought that they're just happy to be there. Yeah, I don't care if they're happy to be there. You want them to win. If yeah. 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 It's a bit yeah. like Geelong's theme song. This is really digressing for our mm. American audience, but, you know, Geelong. We've actually got someone in Lithuania as well. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah. we are Geelong, <laughs> the greatest team of all. Mm. How do you, you got nowhere to go from there. But That's the opening line no, of your song. You, no one argues with a song. But if you don't win the premiership that, that year, your song is instantly a lie. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Well, see, I'm not a Geelong fan, but I like them saying it. Like, Oh, you think, okay, you think talking yourself up is... Be arrogant and so on. Okay, well, that's yeah. a good point, actually. Look, uh, for those who don't know, Geelong, dodgy city, about 100k <laughs> from Melbourne. No one actually lives there. The, um, the other we're going to get letters about that. The other thing to add is um, Australian rules football is the only sport I know of where you play for three hours and then you have to get, come together for 18-part harmonies. There, there is a bit of singing involved afterwards, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think there's many sports that require you to sing at the end. Just, for those who don't know anything about AFL, I want you to just get on YouTube and look up Richmond Tigers theme song, the greatest song ever written. Yes, right, okay. Without question. Now, there's something else in the... Not just greatest football song. Greatest song. Greatest song. Yeah, yeah. it probably Take should. that queen. Yeah, look, every, and I voted for it every year on Triple J's Hottest mm-hmm. 100. It never got to number one, but I knew they were just doing it. Yeah, they yeah, They put a line through it. Rigged it again. Yeah, I got friends at Triple J, they yeah. told me. Yeah. Did they rig it when Pretty Fly for a White Guy won? Oh, that 100% yeah. rigged. Yeah, so I actually do know some of the some of the stories about the Hottest 100 <laughs> being rigged, but we don't talk wow. about them on air. Um, the other thing was the Enterprise Bingo. <laughs> hey, what was the first thing? I'm cunt. No, we went from there. That was the worst aggression ever. I'm just yeah. killing your show. Um, there was a, if uh, somebody, of course, because the internet is a thing that exists, mm. has actually screen grabbed, freeze framed, and enlarged, or as we say in Star Trek, en- enhanced grid mm. seven six four two. <laughs> why can't they just? Why can't they just double click on it and zoom in like like? Photo workshop works like that's so stupid. Now you, you give that to an ens- unnamed ensign to do unnamed ensign. Yeah. Any, anyway, someone's actually looked at the pad. Mm-hmm. That, so what's on the, the list? Number one's carrying down the bottom is something to do with marsupial DNA, which is a line from Voyager. There's a Voyager episode where the Doctor meets Doctor Zimmerman, his creator. Yes. yes. And Zimmerman reprograms his tricorder to give him false readings. Mm. And it said apparently he has marsupial vertebrae or something like that. Right. And that was one of the things you had to find. It wasn't marsupial stuff that the Doctor was and Chapel were putting on Spock and Pring's head in this episode, was it? No, they didn't look very marsupial. They looked a bit... Uh, Blobby. They looked like... They could have got it out of like a month. Caterpillars. Oh. They looked like little dirty It looked like something flocks would have. Oh, yeah, 100% yeah, flocks. flocks would, know, would be all over this. Yeah, because, like, in the future, we're still going to be using leeches, obviously. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, probably cooking leeches. But, yeah, there, yeah. there is a little Voyager Easter egg on the bingo card that should have been a treasure hunt. Excellent. All right. Well, it's nearly time for us. Look, I've actually, I don't know if you spotted this before, but I've got dice on my socks today. All right, okay. So we're going to get my 854-sided dice. And find out which episode we're going to watch this week ahead of next week's podcast. I've just realised before you do that, I've actually bought um, Boba Fett socks to a Star Trek podcast. So, yeah, not at all confusing there. You're that guy. I'm that guy, yeah. (laughs) Well, we've just rolled the dice and it's come up with a Next Generation episode, which I don't know if we've had since we watched Remember Me back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, What's it called? 
It's called Samaritan Snare. Ooh, now that I'm not familiar with that. And from title alone, it's not giving much away. No. I, I can't remember it from title. So, look, it could be anywhere between, I don't know, Alexander getting yelled at by Worf for existing. That's every episode Alexander's in. That's right. Yeah. Who was the kid from Eight is Enough? Brian Bonsall. Okay. Was Alexander. All the way through? Uh, no. No? No, no. He was not by the time he... Because remember in DS9 he joins the Klingon mm-hmm. military? Yeah, I think they, they aged him. Yeah, I think they needed to. Because yeah. he's pretty young on Next Gen. Mm. So it could be anywhere between that and maybe Wesley doing an experiment that goes perfectly on board the Enterprise and not having any effects for the entire ship. Well, that never happened. Oh, that one didn't get filmed. No. I meant the one where everything, you know, broke down and... Yeah. Shut up, Wesley. The one... What about the one... Oh, where... Geordie gets a girlfriend. Well, that never happened either. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Geordie's the only bloke who got, like, who had a fight with the woman who was never his girlfriend, who he wanted to be his girlfriend. That the holodeck was... woman. Yeah. 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 Leah Brahms. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay, Riker is in a relationship with someone in Samaritan Snake. Can we at least put that out as something that might happen? It's already happening. It's, happened. it's happening right now. <laughs> I think um, I think that um, the, the the thing about next gen episode, of course, is that um, really all that matters is is it post season four? Is it or isn't it? I'm not sure. I didn't note that down when mm. when I rolled the dice. It just came up with Samaritan Snare because it really is interesting. You know, I've got one of the. I was. For some reason, I was buying box sets of uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek TV series just prior to being, you know, being able to get everything on streaming, and I've mm. got all seven seasons of Next Gen. Yeah, and you have an open season of one, one, two, and three have been barely touched. Yeah, see, I, I actually say myself, and this is still with the provision that all Trek is good Trek, mind mm. you. Oh yeah, but Star Trek Next Generation doesn't start until Pulaski's off. Which is at the end of season. I know two. you've you've got this not mm. not love for for Pulaski. My my problem with her is is this, the character was drawn really carefully and cleverly in concept, mm-hmm. and the writers just did nothing with the fact that she wanted to push Data's buttons, a la McCoy and Spock, mm-hmm. and the fact that she'd previously been on with Riker's dad. Mm. I mean, that two things alone should have created. Um, well, of course, Gene Roddenberry wouldn't let them have conflict. On the show. No, because everything's perfect. Look, the the thing that really sums up Pulaski is there is no fanfare at all for her going off board. So she, just Neelix ne- got fanfare when he left. Yeah. No one cared that Pulaski was leaving. No, season three came back and they didn't mention. No. We she didn't was even, never yeah, mentioned again. It's a line through that season. I'm not sure if Samaritan Snare is an episode that has Pulaski, but if she does... You can pro- you can probably guess where my three votes are get going. But anyway, well, guys, watch that episode ahead of next week. And um, thanks for listening this week to our first delve into Strange New Worlds. Live long and prosper. It's just not what you'd expect. That's because it's unplanned track. Unplanned track.